Welcome to the Reputation Capital Podcast. I'm Dr. Kent. And I'm Randy Baker. And on our Reputation Capital Podcast, we talk to guests who have reputation that they can capitalize on. Or guests who maybe don't have the reputation yet, but they have a whole lot of capital. So it's all about how to use who you are to up-level whatever it is you're doing. Pretty cool stuff. Now today we're talking to a young guy who just manages to prove that you don't have to be old to have reputation. Today we're talking to Cameron Scott, really brilliant young man from the UK. He has done a whole lot of things in not very many years and kind of really walks out the whole path of how he got to where he is really quickly. And then, you know, we talk about where the opportunity is from here. So we don't want to take away anything from the interview. You'll have to listen to find out. You're going to be very surprised by what this young man has accomplished in a few short years. Here's the interview, Cameron Scott. Great to talk to you, Cameron. So first off, love your glasses. I've got some like that, but I don't have them on today. (laughs) Thanks very much. Yeah, these are my Harry Potter glasses. They're, you know, the nice, uh, nice round ones. But uh, I like yours as well. You know, that that nice kind of, is it a brown kind of wood almost effect? It looks good. Fake wood. Yeah, yeah. Very (laughs) very fancy. So tell us about yourself. Tell us about Cameron Scott and all of your adventures, where you came from, where you're going, I guess, Harry Potter style. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, I'm 27 years old. I run a company called Outpace Group. So we're based here in the UK. And we essentially help coaches, consultants, agencies, uh, professional service companies. So kind of we're in that B2B space, essentially helping them to generate business, uh, to generate leads and to grow their, you know, their companies and um, work with the kind of people that they want to work with. So, yeah, I founded the company about four years ago after spending a couple of years in a in a sales role. And uh, we've steadily grown to the point today where we have, uh, you know, we have three team members. We have myself and we've worked with about 250 different uh, companies worldwide. So is that what your mom says about you when people say, what does your son Cameron do? <laughs> uh, it may well be, you know, I think um, I think she probably says a few different things, but I, I've never been a, a fly on the wall in that conversation yet. What do you think she would say, just out of curiosity, when she's bragging about you? Yeah, I mean, I think she would probably say, you know, I'm her biggest boy. She likes to, uh, to say that quite a lot. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the oldest. So uh, often I was the um, the one that got away with, uh, you know, the naughty stuff as a kid. And, uh, you know, my siblings had a bit of a harder time. But, yeah, all in all, I think she probably would take note of the fact that, you know, I run a business. I think she's, she's quite proud of that, even though she was a bit worried initially, you know, when I, when I launched into this at uh, 23 years old, she was a little bit worried that quitting my job with uh, less than a month's paycheck and, and starting a business probably wasn't the wisest idea when I had rent to pay and bills to pay and whatnot, but uh, it all worked out in the end. So Cameron, you're, you're 27, you started this at 23. So most entrepreneurs, when they start something, most young entrepreneurs, when they start something, have done something really interesting when they've been really young. So what was, where did you earn your first dollar? What were you doing? Were you mowing lawns, selling newspapers? Yeah, good question. So I guess for me, I probably had about 50 jobs when I was uh, when I was kind of a teenager. So I literally went through jobs like no tomorrow. I was one of those people who was really, really good 
at, uh, at getting jobs and uh, passing the interview. But then when I actually got into the job, I kind of like to do things my own way and maybe didn't perform uh, the way I should do. So I worked in uh, multiple coffee shops, cinemas, clothing stores, uh, you know, sweet shops, you know, you name it. So I ha- I've always worked since I was about 15 years old. It's always been a really important thing to me is to actually, you know, work hard and achieve, you know, a little bit of pocket money back then. And, you know, it's the bigger things today. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've always really saw the value in, uh, in working hard. And yeah, you know, through the years before actually starting this, the business I'm in today, I tried to start, you know, a few little ventures here and there, often actually related to marketing, which is what I'm in today. Pretty much all of them fell flat on their face. So for me, the big turning point was actually having a sales job. For me, that was the game changer because it actually enabled me to take these ideas and convey them in a way that people would actually buy my services. So that, that was massive for me. So there's a lot of there's a lot of businesses in the in the sales, the lead generation, the marketing, the content delivery space. You've got a lot of competitors there. What do you think makes you uniquely different or uniquely qualified so that um, clients come to you? Yeah, it's a good question, and you're right. You know, it's very competitive. There are a lot of companies coming in here. Some have great experience. Others are you know coming new onto the scene. I guess for us, what's really important is we've always had a bit of a focus in terms of who we actually work with. So for us, it's always been kind of that professional services space. So a lot of coaches, a lot of consultants, agencies. So for us, the the key there is to actually, when we're getting started, you know, it's, it's difficult, right? So when I think back kind of four years ago and having these conversations and people would ask that question, you know, who have you worked with? Uh, you know, what case studies, testimonies can you give to me? I would just have to say, you know, I, I don't have any. You know, give us a shot for a month, see how you get on. If you like us, write us a testimonial and we'll all be happy. So that's something that's really important for us is actually to build that trust over time and get those case studies, get those testimonials, get those references so that we can actually provide some credibility in the market and not just be us talking about how great we are, but actually have other people do that for us so that we don't necessarily need to do it has been massive and I think that's something that really does differentiate us a lot of the time is actually me being able to say to someone look don't take my word for it go and have a conversation with this person go and have a conversation with that person see what they have to say and if you like what they have to say let's have another chat so you talk about us which I think is interesting most most of the entrepreneurs we, we talk to do kind of use we and us curious where me and I stops and where we and us begins because I, I sense that there's actually too little I and me and my because I think the more you strengthen your personal brand the more your whole company will rise up but I'm curious kind of how you think about we and I. It's a good question. I mean, you know, I'm the founder of the company, I'm the owner of the company, but for me, we wouldn't be able to do what we do without a team, right? So that's, I guess, why I refer to us as, as us is because you know, we, we wouldn't be able to service clients. You know, I would hit a wall very, very quickly if I was to try and do everything myself. So I'm a big believer that as a, you know, as a business owner, as an entrepreneur who's looking to actually build a, a company with people, then you need to kind of focus on what you're good at and purely kind of just focus on that and then find other people who are better at the other stuff and outsource that and get them to manage those aspects. So for me, what's important is actually to, to look at, you know, the organization, you know, the small organization that I own as a, you know, as an us, to be honest, because yes, I, I tend to make the final decisions. I tend to do, you know, the, the important things, but also in terms of, 
our team, you know, they are doing, again, the important things, which is a lot of the delivery, a lot of the stuff that I would be rubbish at, like accounting, for example, you know. Uh, so for us, it is an us situation. It's not a me. And I'm not too bothered, to be honest, about making myself seem like the superstar. Yes, you know, I launched the company, but at the end of the day, it's all about the team and we've got to have them on board in order to, uh, to perform. So I really like the thinking about the team. I, I get that totally. But Elon Musk doesn't talk that way, nor does Sir Richard Branson, nor did Steve Jobs. So I'm wondering whether there is any connection between the, the power of the founder or the chief executive being the big face of the organisation and the growth and ultimate success of that organisation. Um, do you think there's a connection there? I think there is, yeah. I think for, for these kind of companies, you know, when you think of Apple, you think of Steve Jobs. When you think of Tesla, you think of Elon Musk. I think these are kind of characters that are, they tend to be you know, quite, quite out there people, you know, innovators, people who are at the forefront. So how are you an innovator and at the forefront? And kind of this, this is where I go back to the, the 50 jobs you had and mm -hmm. how your mom thinks about you is like what makes Cameron different? You got the Harry Potter vibe, which is great, but you know what, Harry <laughs> Potter had the scar, wasn't that what made him different? What, what marks you, what makes you different? I think to be honest, what makes me different is that I've spent a lot of time doing the boring stuff, doing the laborious stuff, going through the rejection. That doesn't everything. make you different. That, I've, I've, I've talked to millions of people with that. So go deeper, what makes you different? Like what's your, your spider skill, your difference, your mark? You know what, I would argue that that is a little bit what makes me different is the ability to take a thousand no's and still keep going, you know, because most of the people that I know, and this, even some of the, the people in business that I know, when they get rejected, that's something that they will take kind of personally, it's something that they will, it will actually affect their mindset. For me, I know it's yeah. part of the process, you know. And well, fair, fair, fair. But if, if I were to hire you, I wouldn't be thinking about that. So what makes you different in terms of how the world kind of sees you, why people hire you and not somebody else. What makes you unique and different? Why do people like you when you walk into the room or show up on Zoom? Okay, I got you. Good question. I think one thing within our industry, and I'm talking about, you know, I'm not comparing myself to the Steve Jobs, to the to the Elon Musk of the world, because I'm not there, right? I'm, I've, I'm four years into my business journey. And to be honest, do I want to be there? Not really, no, I'm perfectly happy having three people on the payroll right now. Maybe we'll get that to five, maybe we'll get that to 10, maybe we'll get that to 15 in a few years. I can be very, very comfortable in that situation. And uh, for me, that's great. I guess what I think is important when having conversations, because at the end of the day, a lot of what I do is sales, a lot of what I do is business development and the ability to actually build some trust there and have human conversations with people, I think is very, very underrated, right? So if you, if you call up, 20 vendors right now they're going to give you the uh i don't want to swear but you know the, the the bull on that conversation of you know they'll suddenly go into salesperson mode they'll be hey you know how are you doing yeah this 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 like all in your face and you it's just uncomfortable for me so one thing that's important for me with clients is actually the ability to just say hey look you have a challenge let's talk about it let's get into it so why does that why does that bother you so much kind of how those business bros do business Business bros, did you say, or pros? Like, yeah, like that that sort of t hard selling okay. world that's out there that you're pushing against. 
I guess because I, I've experienced it myself, I've been on the other end of it, and it is uncomfortable. And at the same time, I think once you actually put yourself into the shoes of the other of the other person, and if they get that sense that you're not a person of service, you're not a person that's actually trying to help them and trying to support their business, then people can sense that automatically. But at the same time, I think there's a bit of a culture around high pressure sales. So if you look at some industries, it can be really, really cutthroat. So I remember going back to university, another job application that I went to, uh, I actually applied for a recruitment company and it was for a sales job. And again, the, the one thing they said, they said to me was, look, it's a great interview, but you're not cut out for sales. I don't think you'll ever make it in sales. And then I then went into a company and did get a sales job and did things my own way, had human conversations with people, became the top performer in that company, started my own company, have sold services to over 250 uh, businesses. And, you know, I'd like to think I can hold my own in a sales situation. And that's, that's, that is an important part of being a business owner, right, is, is the sales piece. But I think the way that if you kind of read like books from the 70s, 80s, the way that sales is portrayed, the way that sales is in some industries, it again, is, you know, it's quite high pressure. It's quite uncomfortable for the, the end recipient. So I think literally we take it back to basics and just have human conversations with people and we can get a lot further. So I'm aware that we're, we're heading towards the end of our time. But I have, I have one final question for you. Kent may have another one. So you were in sales and you left that to start your own business. Um, what was the catalyst for that move? Because at 23 years of age, that's a very big move to make. And most 23-year-olds would not be ready or would not even dare to think that they were ready to make that step. So what was the catalyst for you, Cameron? If I can give you the, the brutal and honest truth, I just thought to myself, why make 5% commission when I could make 100% commission? And that's pretty much the reason why. That's probably the best reason I've ever heard, <laughs> just so you know. Yeah, I get it. Cool. I love the simplicity of that. So, I mean, if, if we were to summarize everything, you know, Cameron, you've got immediate energy, immediate passion. What I think for me, your number one, uh, let me say your homework. I know you didn't come on here to get homework, but I would say dive into your own personal uniqueness, weirdness, strangeness. Ask people around you in business, your clients, your parents, your friends, what makes me weird? What makes me different? What makes me crazy? What makes me unique? Because it's there, that sort of Harry Potter scar, right? So if you step into that personal brand, you actually are a human just like Steve Jobs, human just like Richard Branson. You know, absolutely. Two employees, then three, then five, then 50. Cool. It's, it's good. It's a job. It's wonderful. Randy's got this amazing model that talks about, you know, you got to be that first and then you can go into a business, then you can build the movement. But I would say the number one thing you could do is I think you've got an amazing business built. Step into the other half of your business, which is building out your personal brand side of it, because you'll actually be able to pull your brand forwards into the future. I, I think you've got, you've done a remarkable job getting to where you've, you've gotten in these few short years and at such a young age so you've got the world is at your feet it's time to grab that it's time to for you to step out understand who you are and let the world know that you know hey i'm cameron i'm coming for you because if you don't do that um somebody else is going to do it instead so don't let don't miss the opportunity that is is right there 
We are very big on what we call reputation capital, mm-hmm. which is getting yourself out there, being known for your beliefs. Nobody, not everybody likes Elon Musk. He's abrasive. When we go back to Richard Branson, also very abrasive. Uh, Steve Jobs apparently smelt bad, very abrasive. <laughs> Don't be afraid to be exactly who you are. Don't, afraid, don't be afraid to smell yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be afraid to smell them. Because um, you'll attract those people that are your kind of people and you'll push away those people that you don't want to work mm. with. So where so, can people smell you online? Where can people smell me online? So LinkedIn is the place where I tend to hang around uh, for business purposes. So hit me up on LinkedIn. If you want to pitch me on LinkedIn, please do. I am very much for pitches on LinkedIn. I think when people say you shouldn't be pitching on LinkedIn, it's a load of rubbish. You know, LinkedIn is a platform where you can actually help people and you can add value. I've got clients that I reached out to that I pitched who, you know, invested $20,000 with me and made half a million from me. And if I wouldn't have reached out to them, they would never have done that. So, you know, if you've got a valuable service, you know, I hire recruiters, I hire accountants, I hire bookkeepers, I hire graphic designers, I hire web designers. Reach out to me. If it's a good pitch, then I'll have a conversation with you. And likewise, if you want to talk about business growth, about you growing your company and getting some more leads, getting some more sales, then we can have a conversation about that as well. But yeah, LinkedIn, Cameron Scott, Outpace Group is where to find me. So there you go, everybody. Uh, pitch Cameron. Again, Cameron Scott, outpacegroup.com. And hit him up, pitch. Thanks for talking with us, Cameron. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Really good to chat with you. And uh, yeah, thank you for the uh, the uh, provocative questions that made me think. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Cameron. Been great having you on the show. Take care, guys. Thanks to Cameron Scott for the really great interview. Uh, so inspiring to hear his story and everything that he's accomplished and just to, just to think about where he's going next. So if you'd like to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss any of the interviews with our interesting guests, you can do so by clicking on any of the links below or around here somewhere, or you can go to where all good podcasts are distributed. Or you can send us some snail mail to my mom's post office box if you like. Uh, otherwise, have a great life, and we'll talk to you the next time. Oh, wait, was there anything else, Randy? Before you go, you can always go to our website, thoughtpartnergroup.com, And I encourage you at the top of the page, there's a little assessment button. Press on that, a little one minute survey, and we'll give you instant results about how visible you really are and how much reputation capital you really have. Don't screw it up. Just fill it out. Bye for now.